Hi, welcome to the fourth week of our missions festival for 2021. God's plan of redemption is not just for individuals, but for all nations. No matter what skin color, or heritage, or language, or background, ultimately, all the nations of the earth will enjoy God's presence in spite of our cultural or racial differences. When God called and blessed Abraham and the nation of Israel, his desire is to see all the nations become blessed through them. When God called and blessed the church, His desire is to see all people become blessed through the body of Christ. God's heart is for all people and for all nations to be saved through His Son, Jesus Christ. This was, is, and will always be the desire of our Father's heart. As we join our worship leader in singing our heart, may we make this our personal prayer, that God's desire will be our own desire to see all the nations worship Him, that our cry and our prayer will be to see every tribe and tongue sing His praises. Can we do that?
start with a question. Why didn't God just take you to heaven the moment you were saved? Have you ever thought about that? With all the suffering, the sickness, the sadness, the sorrow, and the sin here on earth, why doesn't God just take us home and save us from all this? Why not just spare us from this pandemic? The answer is because there is still work for us to do. The task is not yet done. That's why we are still here. That's why the church is still here. That's why NMEC continue to exist, to finish the Great Commission. For once we are finished with it, then God will take the church home. Then we can all go home. Brothers and sisters, God has blessed this church not for her own sake, but for us to be a blessing to others. And that's the context by which the Great Commission was given, that those who have heard and are saved by the gospel will in turn go and make disciples of others who haven't. Sadly, it's been nearly 2,000 years since Jesus gave us that Great Commission, but the mission to proclaim the good news to everyone is still left unfinished. And as I speak, we have just been through another lockdown and Delta cases continue to surge worldwide. But as they say, within every crisis lies an opportunity. So may we turn this crisis into an opportunity to finally finish the work that the Lord has entrusted us. Let us again remind ourselves of the Great Commission as we look at the context by which this command was given. Our guest speaker for today is a missionary serving in Nepal. Although we both graduated from the same seminary at IGSL, it was in Kathmandu where we first met back in 2015 
after the big earthquake that hit Nepal. He came back to the Philippines to finish his doctoral studies and also to teach at IGSL. There, he met his wife, Catherine Tan, who is also a Filipino-Chinese, just like many of us. They were both professors at IGSL for nine years. They have two sons, Kevin and Kyle, and recently they moved back to Nepal to begin a pioneering ministry there. Their vision is to teach and to train leaders who would in turn equip and disciple others so that Jesus Christ and his salvation will be known to all the unreached people groups of Nepal. So let us now welcome, direct from Kathmandu, Dr. Kumar Arial. Good morning, everyone. Greetings from Nepal. What a joy and a privilege it is for me to be able to bring God's word to brothers and sisters at New Millennium Evangelical Church this morning. I would like to thank Reverend Jason for this opportunity. I understand that this month of August is your missions month, and the theme is entitled Finishing the Mission. Finishing the Mission. What a wonderful theme that is. I'd like to begin our time this morning with a true story of one of my disciples, Marvin grew up in a dysfunctional family in Baguio, Philippines. His mother passed away when he was 14 years old. His father moved after a few months with another woman to another city, leaving behind Marvin and his siblings. Those painful circumstances led Marvin to look for love and acceptance in life, but he could not find it all by himself. So Marvin turned to drugs, he joined a gang, and later became a gang leader in Baguio. When he was 18 years old, Marvin got into a gang fight with a rival gang in Baguio City, which resulted in homicide. He was caught by police and was given a life sentence in a maximum security prison. While in prison, someone shared the gospel with Marvin and gave a gospel tract. He found this Bible verse on it, on that gospel tract. And it said, Look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Marvin realized that he is valuable in the sight of God. That same night, he cried out to the Lord in prayer and surrendered his life to Jesus. Then he started attending Christian fellowship inside the prison. And later, he finished Bachelor of Theology degree inside prison. He applied for a parole, and by God's grace, it was granted. So after serving the minimum sentence of nine years in prison, Marvin was released in April 2013. Right after his release, he came to our school at that time, uh, my wife and myself were teaching at International Graduate School of Leadership in Manila. So Marvin came there to prepare himself for full-time ministry. I had the privilege of discipling him in, a, in my small group at IGSL for four years. And I witnessed how God was transforming his life. Marvin graduated with the Master of Divinity in 2017. And he graduated as one of the top students of his batch. Today, Marvin is a loving husband and a loving father. 
Not only that, he is a very passionate person about making disciples. Currently, Marvin is discipling cadets in the Philippine Military Academy in Baguio. From a hardcore criminal, God has transformed Marvin to become a disciple maker. From a hardcore criminal, God has transformed Marvin to become a disciple maker. Brothers and sisters, there is nothing impossible for God. Amen. That's why our topic for this morning is Mission Possible. Mission Possible. We'll be looking at a familiar passage of Scripture uh, that is found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. Let me read the passage for us. It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. In verse 17, When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. In verse 18, then Jesus came to, came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. In 19, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And in verse 20, And teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. These are the last words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, these are the last spoken words of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know that last words are very important to people, right? When someone dies, one of the questions people ask is, did he or she have any last words? Last words that people say often reveal what is closest to their heart. So these last words of Jesus Christ reveal to us, or should reveal to us, what is important to him. These final words are usually called the Great Commission. The term commission here refers to an authoritative command or a directive. To take note, the, the word commission refers to an authoritative command or a directive. So when Jesus spoke these final words, he was actually giving a command to his disciples. And today, he is giving the same command, the Great Commission, to all of us. Now the question is, the question is, how are we going to fulfill his last words? How are we going to fulfill his last words? Are we going to finish the mission that he has given us? This morning we'll be looking at three things that we must do in order to finish the mission, in order to fulfill the Great Commission. Let us look at those three things one at a time. First, we must submit to the great authority of Jesus. We must submit to the great authority of Jesus. In verses 16 to 18, we see that the 11 disciples were the closest friends Jesus had on earth. They followed him through thick and thin. They were only 11 at this time because Judas hanged himself after betraying Jesus. So Jesus wanted to gather his disciples for the final time to speak to them before he ascends to heaven. So they went up to the mountain in Galilee to meet Jesus. Now, I'd like for you to take note of this right here. Mountains are significant locations in the Bible. Mountains are significant locations in the Bible. Moses, we know, went up to Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments. The Jews went up to Mount Zion to worship God. And Jesus, our Lord Jesus, went up to Mount Calvary to be crucified. 
And here we find Jesus meeting with his disciples here at the mountain in Galilee. This meeting in the mountain tells us that the significant moment it is. When the disciples saw Jesus, they worshipped him. To take note here, they worshipped Jesus when they saw him. Their faith became even stronger when they saw Jesus. And that, that resulted in worship. But what is surprising here is that some of them, some of the disciples among his 11, doubted. Some of them doubted. In the original language, it means hesitation or indecision rather than unbelief. So they were most likely in a state of shock. They were shocked and they didn't have enough time to comprehend all that had taken place. But Jesus, look at here, Jesus did not condemn those who doubted. Instead, he spoke to them about his authority so that they could understand who he really is. And their doubts were quickly gone when Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is one of the most crucial statements Jesus ever made. Brothers and sisters, this is one of the most crucial statements Jesus ever made. He has all authority, all authority in heaven and on earth. The word authority carries a wide range of meaning, which includes power, right, freedom, and ability. But in this context, in our passage this morning, the meaning of his authority is to rule or is to reign as a king, as a ruler. God gave that authority to Jesus Christ, his son, on the basis of his victorious resurrection from the dead. And Paul declares that in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 to 11, when he says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above all names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Brothers and sisters, my question for you this morning is this. Have you submitted to the authority of Jesus in your life? And have you made him the Lord of your life? Have you submitted to the authority of Jesus and made him the Lord of your life? If not, if not, now is the best time to do so. To be a disciple of Jesus is first and foremost to submit to his authority. To submit to his authority. He has authority. We looked at it earlier over our life, over everything in heaven and on earth. And he has authority over everything we do. No matter where he leads, no matter what the circumstances we face, he is in full control. He is in full control. Since he has all the authority in heaven and on earth, we can worship him without fear and doubt. Brothers and sisters, we must submit to the great authority of Jesus in order to finish the mission. Now, on that basis of his great authority, Jesus has given us his great command, which is the second thing that we must do in order to finish the mission. We must obey the great command of Jesus. And that's the second thing that we'll be looking at from this passage. We must obey the great command of Jesus. In verses 19 to 20, first part of 20, we see that the importance of obeying his command. Now, 
This is, in fact, the heart of the Great Commission. This is the meat of the Great Commission. In English, it seems like Jesus is giving here uh, several commands. We see here uh, the terms like go, make disciples, baptize, and teach. But in the original language, again, there is only one main verb in the Great Commission. And there are other several supporting uh, verbs. The main verb that we see here is to make disciples. And three other verbs, going, baptizing, and teaching are the supporting verbs. Now, a disciple is simply a committed follower of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, a disciple is simply a committed follower of Jesus. And we can make disciples by sharing the gospel and teaching them to follow Jesus. Making disciples is very important. You know why? Because it is the Lord's method of spreading the good news of salvation. It is the Lord's method of spreading the good news of salvation. During His public ministry on earth, Jesus spent more than three years making disciples. His chosen twelve. When Jesus commanded His disciples to make disciples, what He is basically saying or asking them is to reproduce themselves. He is asking the disciples to reproduce themselves. And He is giving the same command to us today, to you and I. And that is to make disciples, to reproduce ourselves. Now, you may be thinking, I want to make disciples, but I do not know how to do it. Many of us have this in mind, right? I would like to make disciples, but I really don't know how to go about it. And Jesus has given us three simple ways how we can make disciples. It's as simple as this, by going, by baptizing, and by teaching. Going is a very important aspect of making disciples. But going doesn't always mean going to faraway places. This is something we need to understand. Going doesn't always mean going to faraway places. So you don't have to feel guilty if you are not able to go cross-cultural missions to different countries, different cultures, uh, crossing borders. Your mission field might be where God has placed you right now. Brothers and sisters, your mission field might be where God has placed you right now. Your mission field could be your school, where you go every day with a call to make disciples. Your mission field might be your office, where you go to work with a call to make disciples every day. Your mission field could be your business or your company, where you go every day with a call to make disciples. But having said that, if God has called you to go cross-cultural missions, you should obey and go, by all means. The main point here is this. Whether we go to faraway places or we stay in our own places, the command is the same, and that is to make disciples. And that does not change. Whether we go to faraway places or stay in our own places, the command is to make disciples. Baptism is another aspect of making disciples. It is basically an outward demonstration of an inward change. Through baptism, a person publicly identifies with death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. It also symbolizes the new life a person has received in Christ. And teaching is another aspect of making disciples. Jesus, we, we see here, obeyed the Father, obeyed His Father unto death, and He has taught us what it means to obey. He said, if you love me, Jesus said, if you love me, 
you will obey my commands. Brothers and sisters, this is Jesus speaking. If you love me, you will obey my commands. So in verse 20, here we see Jesus is telling us to make disciples by teaching them how to obey God's command. Now, the scope of the Great Commission is all nations. Brothers and sisters, the scope of the Great Commission is all nations. It is universal. You may be thinking this is impossible. How could those 11 men disciple the nations, right? How could the 11 disciples make disciples of all the nations? That sounds quite impossible. Do take note here, he was not referring to political nations. Jesus was not referring to political nations that we understand today. Nations such as Canada, Kenya, Russia, China, India, so on and so forth. The word that Jesus used for nations in the original language is ethne, from which we get the English word ethnic. Ethne simply means a group of people or individuals with a common identity based on common language, common culture, and ancestry. So Jesus is commanding us to make disciples of every ethnic people group. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is commanding us to make disciples of every ethnic people group. Let us look at some numbers here about the people groups, about ethne in the world right now. First, there are 16,000 people groups, ethne, in the world today. And over 6,000 of them, over 6,000 of them are called unreached people groups. They are called unreached people groups because there are not even uh, enough believers within that people group to evangelize their own people. That's why they are called unreached people groups. There are 7,000 different living languages in the world today. And over 5,000 of them still have no Bible or scripture translations available in their own language. There are 550 people groups in China alone. And over 300 people groups do not even have Bible portions available in their primary language. There are 200 people groups in the Philippines. And over 30 of them are still unreached people groups right in the Philippines. There are 175 people groups in Nepal, and over 150 of them are still considered unreached people groups. Brothers and sisters, over 80,000 unsaved people die every single day to face the judgment seat of Christ. Approximately, that is, 3,333 people die every single hour. 55 people die every single minute without knowing Christ. Those are not just numbers, brothers and sisters. Those are lives of individuals, lives of people that are precious in the sight of God. Brothers and sisters, we see here that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So the command to make disciples is urgent. It is not something that we can take time. It is urgent because people are dying without Christ every single day, every single minute, every single second. So let us obey Jesus' command by reaching out to people around us. This is, this is a simple way I'd like to share with you how you can reach out to people, uh, either in person and at this time with a global pandemic or using online technology. And it is uh, worded with uh, acronym REACH. R, reveal that you are a Christian. E, extend an invitation to church or small group. A, 
ask if it's okay to share your testimony or your story. C. Communicate how and why you became a Christian. And H. Help them know Christ personally. And that's a simple way how you can reach out to people in person or via online uh, using technology to be able to reach out to people that you love, that you care, and that you would like to share the gospel with. Brothers and sisters, Jesus has commanded us to make disciples. And that's one single command he has given us. And he did not just command us. In fact, he modeled it for us. He made 12 disciples throughout his ministry and he sent them to multiply more disciples or reproduce themselves. Since we are his disciples, making disciples is not an option for us. Brothers and sisters, making disciples is not an option for us. Missionary Hudson Taylor, a great missionary to China, says, The Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. Brothers and sisters, according to the great missionary Hudson Taylor, the Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. Brothers and sisters, we must obey the great command of Jesus in order to finish the mission. Now, the third thing that we will be looking at this morning, in order to finish the mission or fulfill the Great Commission is to hold on to the great promise of Jesus. Hold on to the great promise of Jesus. In the last part of verse 20, you see, this is his last statement. And Jesus, in his last statement, comforted his disciples with a promise. And this is what he says, I am with you always. Do take note here. Jesus says, I am with you, not I will be with you. That's exactly who Christ is, who Jesus is. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is with us all the time. Jesus is with you all the time. It is the same promise Jesus gives us to you and I today. He is always with us and we can make disciples of all nations. As we fulfill the Great Commission, we can be assured that He is with us always. He, he is with us in our successes. He is with us in our failures. He is with us in our fears. He is with us in our faith. He is with us in our doubts. He is with us in our delights. He will never leave us nor forsake us, no matter what situation we go through in life. So, brothers and sisters, this promise of His presence should actually comfort us and empower us to make disciples. But we are mistaken, brothers and sisters, we are mistaken if we think that the gospel message will always be received warmly. At this very moment, as we are talking, as we are talking about this message right here, Christians around the world are being persecuted, are being bitten, and even put to death because of their faith in Jesus. While the opposition is real and it is intimidating, his final words the great, in the Great Commission should give us courage should empower us because Jesus said, I am with you always. I am with you always. My wife, Catherine, and I served at International Graduate School of Leadership in Manila as full-time faculty for about nine years. But in the early 2019, we sensed God's calling for us to serve in a different mission field. We prayed about it and uh, we sensed God's confirmation to his call. So we decided to come to Nepal to begin a pioneering ministry here. God has called us to equip Nepali leaders and at the same time reach out to the poor and unreached people groups in Nepal. By the way, we moved to Nepal in April 4, Easter Sunday, 2021. 
Christianity here is relatively new in Nepal with a recent history of about 60 plus years, the modern Christian movement. It has the population of about 30 million in Nepal uh, with only about 1.5% based on the government census, uh, 500,000 Christians in Nepal. And currently, religious freedom has been quite restrictive by the government as they are trying to institute laws that would prevent us from sharing the gospel or spreading the kingdom of God. So we are really holding on to the great promise of Jesus that I am with you always. As we serve God here in Nepal in obedience to fulfill His call and to finish the mission He has given us. Brothers and sisters, finishing the mission or fulfilling the Great Commission is not easy. Let me repeat, finishing the mission, brothers and sisters, is not easy. And Jesus knows that very well. He knows we have a lot of fear about it. And that is why He has promised us that He is with us always. So finishing the mission is basically our act of faith in His promise. It is our act of faith in His promise that I am with you always. He is faithful to keep His promise. We know that. He is faithful to keep His promise. So let us hold on to that great promise of Jesus in order to finish the mission. Brothers and sisters, the Great Commission is God's mission. Make no mistake about it. It is God's mission. Our God is a missionary God. And Jesus himself was the first missionary sent by God to this world. And today, Jesus is calling all of us and make the whole Christian body, the whole church, to finish his mission. With people, this is impossible. With people, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Therefore, finishing the mission is possible because it is God's mission. Three things we have learned today that we must do in order to finish the mission. First, we must submit to the great authority of Jesus. Second, we must obey the great command of Jesus. And third, we must hold on to the great promise of Jesus. Then only we will be able to finish the mission. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love for us, for the world. Thank you for being a missionary God. You sent your son, Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago to save us, to redeem us. And Lord, you are giving us the same command to be a missionary to people around us, to the nations. Lord, we pray that we would hold on. We would hold on to your promise. That will comfort us. That will empower us. We will obey your command to finish the mission. And Lord, realizing the need for the lost around the world, so many are dying without you, O Lord. Help us, give us courage to be able to go and reproduce ourselves. O Lord, guide us and lead us. I pray for my brothers and sisters at New Millennium Evangelical Church and the body of Christ around the world that we will be bold enough to be able to go and finish this mission because it is your mission and it is possible because it is your mission. We thank you for this morning. Thank you for your message. Help us, O Lord, not just listen to this message, but apply it in our lives and be disciple makers. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless everyone. Can we stand to grace?
Thank you, Dr. Kumar Arial, for sharing God's word with us from Kathmandu. For our prayer time, let us take one minute to pray together as a church for the different people groups that are local and foreign church-supported missionaries, church planters, and partners are trying to reach out in their respective areas. In short, we'll be praying today for the mission field and not only for the missionaries. Here is a list of the people groups that they are trying to reach out. You can take a screenshot of this and continue to pray for them throughout the week. Let us now spend the next minute in prayer wherever you are. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for reminding us once again that when you called us to be followers of your Son, you have also made us sharers in the mission of your church to go and make disciples of all nations. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of the fulfillment of your promise to bless all people. Throughout history, 
time and again you have invited us to share in the task of transforming our world so that people of all cultures may have the opportunity to experience the saving love and mercy of your Son, Jesus Christ. The world today is torn by division and conflicts, by hatred and self-centeredness. People live in fear and hopelessness as we face pandemics, natural disasters, and economic uncertainties. The world needs to hear of your good news now more than ever. So Lord, may we make our lives count. We are yours and we are available to you. We cannot do everything, but we can do something. So we pray that as we seek your face, we may ask, Lord, what do you want me to do in light of your heart for the nations of the world? Lord, what do you want our church to do? We pray that we will be tender, sensitive, and receptive to your heart. Give us the vision to see things like you do. Give us the wisdom to know just what to do. And convict us for being inward-looking and cause us again to be burdened for the nations. May we not forget the world needs to hear about your Son. May our desire be one with yours to see all the nations worship you, that all tribes and tongues will give praise to your name. For all glory and honor are unto you, the one to whom we pray, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. And now for some announcements. First, we are trying to get copies of this book to the headhunters of Sierra Madre by Dr. Joji Wong. I was greatly blessed when I first read this as it has helped me to better understand the life, the struggles, and the joy of being a missionary. We hope to give each family at NMEC a copy of this book if we can get it at a reasonable price. Again, I wish to thank every one of you who have been generously supporting God's mission work through our church. If you wish to give to our missions fund, here are some options. You can also find this updated information in our Facebook page. We have so far reached two-thirds of our goal for this year. The fund will be used to support our foreign and local missionaries as well as our partner seminaries and parachurch organizations. We hope that you can continue to partner with us through your giving. If you want to know more about New Millennium Evangelical Church, our different small groups and online activities, we encourage you to follow our Facebook page or to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you for worshiping with us. Next week will be the last Sunday of our Missions Festival. Hope you can join us. Now, may we receive the benediction. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face continue to shine upon you, and may He be gracious to you. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, 
and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit be upon us all. Remember, we love you, we thank God for you, and we will continue to pray for you. Remember, the best is yet to come.